go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson runs to the line. He's got Buxton with him. It's been put on the toe. It's going to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window will get their second. You always think the lead Newcastle, Newcastle Hunters home rugby league. Welcome back to another episode of League Castle. It is episode 24, season 2021, and the COVID cloud continues to hang over us. But uh, we push on. Rugby League continues on. The NRL's moved to Queensland, but the local league is continuing as much as it can. Uh, we've got a reduced schedule of matches this weekend. Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League facing a washout round, just their catch-up games. Uh, so only a small handful of games across the competitions uh, starting off with the A grade, a few a few games in C and D grade, the Northern Conference and uh, a handful of women's games as well to add to that just to catch up and get the competitions all back up to where they can. Uh, and of course, three grade venues as well as the Northern Hawks playing their uh, lower grades alongside their A grade for that catch-up game. And they'll be hosting their Indigenous round on Saturday afternoon. So that'll be a cracking opportunity if you can get up to Tomaree to catch that. Unfortunately, it was washed out when it was originally to happen a couple of weeks ago. So well worth it up there. Uh, three games and it'll be a cracking day uh, up at uh, a lovely venue at the northern extremities of our competitions. First of all, though, I really want to kick off the show by saying a massive congratulations to the Cessnock Goannas, named the People's Club of our region, Newcastle, the Hunter Valley and Central Coast. They won our Eliminator final by 170 votes over the Stroud Raiders, a gallant effort by the Raiders, and it was seesawing. Cessnock just kept popping their noses in front, though, and uh, got across the line. So well done to them. Some silverware, so to speak. Uh, just the bragging rights this year. We'll look to try and get that off the ground again in 2022 uh, and uh, certainly be open to a sponsor. Uh, but a big thank you to the almost 11,000 people that voted on that one. Uh, it was phenomenal, the reach of that and the engagement. So great to see that uh, people uh, enjoyed that. And uh, when we catch up with Josh Spiegelman shortly, we'll be launching uh, the uh, plug for our new segment, which will be coming the local league legend. Uh, so certainly uh, one to watch out for and uh, throw in some nominations that we'll be asking for. The criteria will go through uh, shortly with Josh. So that's another thing to watch for on our social media channels, which of course, League Castle AUS on Facebook, League Castle AU on Instagram and League Castle AU on Twitter. Uh, but of course, as always, reach out to the show, give us some feedback on what you're loving, what you're not loving uh, and uh, who you'd like to see, or I should say hear, on the podcast in the coming weeks. Only a few weeks left before we get into finals footy and COVID willing. Uh, then delve into four weeks of finals before we wrap up in September. And uh, all of us take a much-deserved break after what's been a uh, high-strung and frenetic year of footy um, so far. As I said, episode 20 is here. Uh, who would have thought uh, only a couple of seasons ago we launched this little project and now we're up to our third season and 20 episodes into that. So uh, let's get into today's show. A big... Uh, Slate ahead of us, considering the light slate of games. We are, will be joined by uh, Maltese International and Curry Curry uh, Utility Forward Peter Cronin. Uh, we'll also catch up with a couple of the boys from the Lakes United D grade, their open age side, uh, Jaden Potts, their skipper, and the evergreen veteran that is Jimmy Newburn. He tells me he's a bit of a try scoring machine, winding back the clock at almost at the age of 40 at the moment. Uh, and of course, as I touched on just before, my el- eloquent co host. Uh, Josh Spiegelman will cover off on all the stats man uh, performers of the week from round 15 just past. 
um, as well as having a look at uh, NRL Round 19 that is ahead of us and all up there in the Sunshine State. So without further ado, we'll uh, jump in with Josh uh, before we head deep into all your local footy action. So sit back, listen up and enjoy the local footy and NRL coverage. As we always do, we will kick off today's show with our NRL, oh, sorry, real NRL stats man segment uh, brought to us, of course, by our great mates at Smart Artists. If you have a sports match or day or any other sort of event that you need promoted or photographs taken, there is no other person that you want to reach out to that's going to do a better job than Johnny at Smart Artist. Uh, we put up some of the shots that he shared from the Maitland United West Maitland game the other day, and they're absolute crackers. He does a really good job. Reach out to him and have a chat about what he can do for your uh, match or event. Uh, and as he says, it's either him or your mum's iPad, and I know which one's coming out better. And uh, a man who can vouch for the quality of his work is none other than my co-host Josh Spiegelman, the stats man himself. Yeah, thanks, Chris, mate. Yeah, great work from Johnny again. I saw some shots from the um, the Goeys and the Butcher Boys match on the weekend too, and they were spectacular as well. So definitely get him on board if you if you need that um, quality service. Yeah, 100%. And he is part of the reason that we do have three prizes up for grabs at the end of the season. And the most prestigious of those is the League Castle Statsman of the Year. Uh, but we're talking it on a smaller picture at the moment. We're talking the League Castle Statsman of the Week from Round 15 of the Denton Engineering Cup, mate. Uh, expanded to three games now. That's exciting. Who would have thought we'd be excited to have a third game of footy on the weekend? <laughs> Yeah, mate, that was great. Even though the results were a little one-sided in all three matches, it was fantastic to uh, break down more than two for once. And it you know, kept me busy over the weekend, uh, obviously here in lockdown in Sydney. So, yeah, fantastic and hopefully stays the same going forward. Yeah, unfortunately, looking at those numbers, I don't think we'll be seeing much more than three games over the last three rounds each. But good to have Lakes back and playing. Uh, speaking of, uh, we might kick off with them, mate. Uh, they were back, but in a much-depleted capacity against a, uh, a Macquarie Scorpion side who were just electric, 48-6. to six. They ran out winners, and uh, it seemed like every man and his dog in that back line was uh, picking up one, two, or three tries. Yeah, mate. Yeah, dominant performance by the Scorps here. It's what you'd expect from Lakes after a couple of weeks off and a couple of players still unavailable. So credit to them for coming back in and... So they did get a few new South Wales Cup boys back, but even that's going to be tough integrating them into a side with um, you know, game plans and whatnot. So, yeah, if we break down the stats here, as you mentioned, a couple of outside backs for the Scorps killed it, and a couple of those were in contention for the one point. And that came down to me between the wing and centre pairing, the, the left edge, the lethal left edge of um, Joe Woodbury and Royce Jeffrey here. But I had to go for the, with the latter here for the one point. Um, yeah, Jeffrey scored two tries himself, while you know Joe got three. But delving into the stats, um, Royce had three tackle busts, a line break, no errors, 125 metres at 9.6 to carry. And really importantly, 10 of these 13 carries were for eight or more metres. So that led the back line for those with more than four carries. So as everyone knows, you know, Royce is he's a dead set nightmare for defences. It takes three or four defenders to slow the bloke down each time. And that was evident in this game as well. Yeah, he's certainly been a, uh, a stat or a statistical anomaly almost in the amount of uh, numbers he's gotten through this year. And it's why when we went behind camp- closed doors, he was uh, right up there and uh, has continued to poll well. But, uh, mate, we know he's, uh, he's a stat, stat favourite. Uh, who else uh, was it that uh, exceeded his, his performance to pick up the two and the three? 
Yeah, we're going to go to the front row, the engine room for the Scorps here. Um, Joe Gardner, for me, got the two points. I th- thought he set the platform for the backs like Joe and Royce to, to exploit all day. He, um, he ran for 107 metres at 10.7 a carry, which is tremendous. And 90% of these runs were for eight or more metres, which against, um, you know, that was the best mark for their forwards and against the big lakes boys there. Um, that was a tremendous effort. He broke two tackles with these runs and he also made 90% of his own tackles. So you, you couple that with no errors, no penalties conceded. It was an all-round all, all great performance by um, big Joey Gardner. That is impressive to uh, to do that. No errors, no penalties given away. Uh, that's the sort of stuff that uh, will um, certainly uh, get uh, big Steve Kidd excited out there at, uh, uh, at Toronto. Yeah, definitely. And obviously without Luke Higgins still, those forwards need to step up week in, week out with the workload. So um, great effort there by um, big Joey Gardner. So we move on to the three points now. And um, yeah, I couldn't go past young Fletcher Myers here for the three points this week. Um, he carried his great form from last match on to this one. He, he mixed in around the halves and also fullback at times, I, I think, during the game with um, no Jeremy Gibson and Carrot Holland shifting around also. So if you go through his stats here, he scored a double himself, two tries. He also added two try assists, a line break assist, a line break, three tackle busts, 130 metres from only 10 carries, and he didn't miss a tackle or concede a penalty for you know a smaller guy, younger guy in the half. So he looks to be an extremely good depth piece, I think, for the Scorps. But I'll look at the team list this week, and he's starting at six. I'm not sure what's um, happening with Jeremy Gibson there, but uh, if they do miss Gibson, Holland or Southern for an extended period, Fletcher Myers has proven that he's definitely capable of stepping into that void. Yeah, he's certainly versatile, and he's uh, certainly a young name to watch. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we don't see a whole lot of him in Newcastle Rugby League with the uh, potential he's got at such a young age, and certainly looks like he's well and truly handling the grade. Uh, but, um, yeah, look, like it was all Macquarie there. Just a quick note on Macquarie and some st- statistics, and Isaac Briggs, who started at lock in the number 20 jersey, racked up his 100th game, and I note that they gave him a... Uh, Celebratory kick at goal, and he duly converted late in the game. Uh, Joe Woodbury's third try. So a big shout out to Isaac. A hundred first grade games is no mean achievement, let alone all at one club. We know the Briggs family have been uh, heavily ingratiated in the rugby league uh, fraternity here in Newcastle, and especially out there at Macquarie. His brother Randall, obviously, uh, over at Central. Scott uh, still playing up at Cessnock as well. So um, a phenomenally talented family, and, and a great honour for him to have racked up a hundred games at his uh, junior club. Yeah, absolutely tremendous. And he was definitely up for this game, given the start as well. I don't have the stats on hand, but I, from recollection, he, he had most of his runs were over that eight-metre mark. He had some he had some really good impact from, from the opening kickoff. So he's definitely up for this one and definitely helped the Scorps for that big win. Certainly did. Speaking of big wings and the Briggs, uh, Scott led uh, Cessnock in their Indigenous round to a 32-10 to win over his brother Randall. And I did see some really great shots of the two boys uh, after the game. And... Obviously quite a, a significant game for those two as well as a number of other Cessnock boys with it being uh, Indigenous round for them to wrap up NADOC week and Cessnock playing in their Indigenous jerseys. But I'm looking at this scoreline and looking at the highlights of this game and I have to think that uh, all your points are coming from men in black and gold. Yeah, that's true, mate. Yep, um, they definitely are. It was a good return to action for Cessnock here. I think they had the two weeks off against the buyers, Wyong and, and Lake, so... Yeah, good return of the field here. And I'll note first from a team stat perspective that I noted that Cessnock completed the first 16 sets of the match over the first 30 minutes of match action, which is, um, for me, one of the best efforts from any team this season. So, yeah, the halves really led them, led them well there to open the match, and that really set the platform when they got that early lead. So, great work by the goies there. So, we'll move into the points now. 
I'm going to give one point to um, Cessnock's fullback, Harrison O'Brien. He had four tackle busts, a try assist, a line break assist, 13 runs for 130 metres at 10 metres a carry, which was the best in the team. So a point there to um, Harry O'Brien. Another young gun. I mean, he's got a couple of years on someone like Fletcher Myers, but he's still got plenty of time ahead of him, Harry O'Brien. And I know there's been a couple of times this year where uh, Reed Hugo's been off the field and he's been handed the captain's armband, so to speak. And uh, he's, yeah, if, if Cessnock can hang on to him with Harry Saker joining the team next year, they'll certainly form a potent combination. He's a, a gun. He throws well above his weight and uh, great to see him picking up some points. Yeah, definitely, mate. And um, we're moving on to the two points now. We're going to go into the forward pack. I'm going to give it to Connor Kirkwood, who I think he wore the 13 in this game, but he played most on the right edge from, from memory. Um, he did really well down that side. He scored a try, had six tackle busts, two line breaks, over 120 metres run on 14 carries, and 10 of them were for eight or more metres. So, yeah, that, that that's a um, key matchup there for the Scorps that's coming this week, I think. So, um Big Royce is going to have to watch out for him if he floats down that side and um, that edge edge on that side too. So that's going to be a tantalising matchup in what's going to be a great game between the Goeys and the Scorps. Certainly is, and it's a key one for that top three battle. Uh, speaking of uh, the uh, the Fords going well, mate, uh, the standout here, like Connor Kirkwood, obviously that was some impressive stats, but who's pipped him for your stats, man, uh, of the week from the Cessnock and Central game? Yeah, only narrowly here, but there was between Connor Kirkwood and this man, and that's none other than Wyatt Shaw, the other forward there. Um, he got he had a try of his own also, but he also had 13 runs for 111 metres. He also had a two effective offloads, five tackle busts, a line break. But the key separator for me was his defence. He made, I think he made, yeah, sorry, I know he made 25 tackles at um, 90%, and he also forced an error, which was just a tick above Kirkwood's uh, work rate in defence. So, uh, that separated the two, but it was very close to me. Both um, great games there from Kirkwood and Shaw. And just on Shaw, in the last eight rounds, and remembering Cessnock's had two COVID draws in the last eight rounds, he scored four times. So all all just single tries, uh, but so four of their last six games that, that he's got across the stripe in. So uh, big value if you if uh, if there was some any time try scorer stuff, but uh, just shows <laughs> how good they're going on their edges. Yeah, it does, mate, and, and that's also reflected in our um, overall leaderboard. We won't reveal the, the, the standings as they are now, but he's, he's definitely crept up there, and he's still in contention to take it out uh, It's another few three-point performances. So, yeah, good form shown by Whiteshaw. He's been strong, that is for sure, uh, and that's a horrible part. Very I just realised. Very I just, good. There was no <laughs> pun intended. Uh, speaking <laughs> of uh, teams and people that have been impressive, the West Newcastle Rosellas, they headed over to Towns and able to take on their rivals. And 52 to 12, uh, they got the job done, mate. Uh, I did originally have a Steve Witters hat trick, but I noticed that the uh, scorers have updated that, uh, which will be much to his dismay after last week's show. And we had him uh, overtaking Kim, Tim Christie. He's now just level on tries with Timmy Christie. Uh, Heath Gibbs instead credited with the try, which you correctly ID'd, mate. So um, I think yeah, it was that, can, that um... man there that did actually pick up a point from you. Yeah, he did, and uh, yeah, I didn't give him the point because I thought he'd feel bad that I was the one that pointed that out to the New South Wales Rugby League. I gave him a point for his great effort. Anyway, um, he obviously scored a double, as you mentioned, and he, he had three line breaks, uh, which I think led the team. So, a reliable effort from the back there from um, Witters here. Obviously, I didn't call the full stats for West this week. Um, before we do move on, though, I will give an honourable mention to West Roman uh, Pepelai, who had five tackle busts a line break and he had plenty of runs over eight metres as well as winger Malu Fiu who we mentioned before on the podcast 
I thought he was great with more strong carries in the back and he scored a double too. So they were all in contention for that one point. But um, yeah, Witters, he, he, he pipped him for major. Lovely, mate. Um, let's have a look at, uh, it was some other outstanding backs. It looks like it was all backs picking up the points here at uh, West, which probably isn't that surprising when you uh, look at the numbers they put up with 10 tries, uh, including uh, quite a number of those in, in a bit of a run in a period there between sort of the 36th and the 50th minute. Yeah, as you mentioned, no surprise. And um, a big reason for some of those tries, well, three in fact, was coming from Max Badiris, who gets the two points to me here. Uh, yeah, the three try assists and the three line break assists are registered on the stat sheet. He threw a lovely cutout ball for the West opening try and then a, um, a beautiful cross kick for their third try. We, we mentioned before on this podcast how his cross kicking game has really caused issues for defences. So uh, sometimes he just has that ball on a string and he just leads them around the park really well. So two more points to Max Badiris and similar to Wyatt Shaw from Cessnock, as we mentioned. Uh, yeah, Max has moved up the leaderboard too to a position where he can threaten the leaders. So um, West continue this run. It's a shame that the next two games are buys, COVID buys against um, the entrance in Wyong, but they have Maitland to finish off. So, you know, I'm sure Max will probably register a point there too if that form continues. You would certainly think so. And uh, it's an evergreen veteran, uh, which seems to be a theme of this week's show. We've got a couple of those joining us later on uh, who picked up the three points this week. Yeah, uh, Ryan Walker, he also continues a great run of form where he's picked up a couple of staff man points over the last few weeks. He, he scored a double uh, in this game. He had a line break and he also made, I did count the tackle bus, he made nine of them. And if, if the listeners remember last week, I, I mentioned that I didn't count them, but he would have got at least 10 to 15. So, I mean, if there was fantasy for this comp, he'd be a tackle busting machine of oh, Ryan Walker. So, um, yeah, I didn't record their meterage, but he definitely would have surpassed. 100 metres in this match as well. So, um, great effort. Uh, continues to prove a handful for defences. Um, so, yeah, he's been a great... Uh, he's been a big reason, sorry, why West have gone on this winning run. Certainly has, and it's, it's unfortunate for them that that momentum will be uh, at least temporarily halted, as you said. They've got uh, scheduled to play the entrance, uh, followed by Wyong over the next two weeks, which will unfortunately mean that... Uh, uh, we won't see them in action, or I'd be very surprised to see them in action on the 1st of August. Definitely won't see them this weekend. So a little bit of a challenge for Wes and for uh, Todd Lowry there to, uh, I guess, keep keep the spirits high and the momentum going. But look, certainly uh, they've strung together some wins now and, and sit in a good spot. They're locked into the finals, which is certainly something to boon their spirits. And uh, can actually, depending on, on results, it would be very unlikely, but can actually finish as high as, uh, I think, third place with those two draws, but they would need some uh, some results to really go their way with um, that to happen. So you'd expect they'll be playing in the uh, in the elimination final in the first week of the finals. Yeah, very interesting to see how it all breaks down. Um, definitely looking forward to it as a fan, um, especially that round 18. Um, glad of fixtures there as well. So, yeah, exciting times in the Newcastle Rugby League. Certainly is scary to think that, that uh, only nine weeks ago they were sitting 0-6 after seven rounds with a game in hand and they've gone on to pick up 17 points from that and you'd be a brave man to suggest that had they played that catch-up game against Lakes or indeed those two, those, uh, two games that are to come that they wouldn't be sitting on 11 straight wins in the form they're in. Yeah, exactly, mate. They've really flipped their season and uh, I'm sure Coach Toddler would be thrilled with that and yeah, I know the momentum gets halted here, but it's it's still great momentum to take into week 18 and the finals. So they'll, they'll be a threat. I'm sure any team that comes up against them knows what their, especially their back line can do on their day. It's evident against South here. So um, exciting times for the 
the Rosellas. Certainly is. We might jump across to, we're not obviously updating that leaderboard, but we are updating a couple of others. And uh, it looks like uh, Tani Milgate of the Central Newcastle Butcher Girls has one hand on the prize when it comes to the ladies tackle points leaderboard. She's 30 points clear, but we are seeing a late surge from her returning from injury, Ash Harvey. Ash Harvey on the weekend picked up a uh, an astounding 16 points to close that gap down to 30. So she can continue that over the final three rounds. Uh, Tani did have a bit of a uh, rustier day than usual with the boot, unfortunately for her, uh, only kicking three from six. So she might need to uh, improve on that if she wants to make sure she locks that in over the next couple of weeks. So watch that space. But I would suggest it's uh, all but a, uh, a two-horse race with those two girls on, uh, as I said, 90, Tani, and 60 with Ash Harvey. The next one back uh, is Amy Waterhouse way back on 48 so she, from South Newcastle. So she'd need uh, quite the surge to come home. But... Uh, Watch this space. It's Tarnies, I guess, if she can get across for a couple of meat pies, which is where Ash has been picking up the points. Uh, it'll certainly be um, it'll it'll be a little bit closer battle, but uh, yeah, it'll be uh, one to watch, mate. Over the final few rounds, who can uh, lock that one in, and and also be the challenge, obviously, with a couple of Central Coast teams in there of um, who does get to play. I'm just having a look through the draw. Both of them um, have, it looks like they'll only get to play possibly one game on the way home with the Central Coast teams, unfortunately. I don't have the draw in front of me, but I'm sure both of those leaders of the pack will have one, one eye on the trophy and the, the also prize as well. So, um, yeah, lots to play for there, and it's great that we can offer something for the um, the winner of that comp- uh, that points competition. Certainly is. And speaking of people with one eye on the trophy, we'll just run through the top five, because realistically, or without wanting to rule anyone out too much, I would suggest this is where we will see uh, our leader or our winner come from because it's a nine-try gap from first back to six. But six tries separates these guys. A couple of bags of three and four, as we've seen from a number of these guys, could turn it. Uh, we'll go from equal fourth place. We've got Rob Bursaro and uh, Royce Jeffrey, uh, both on 11 points. Uh, 11 tries, sorry. James Bradley from Maitland in third on 12. Joey Woodbury, after his hat-trick of tries and Maitland not playing last week, uh, Jumps up to second on 15, closing that big gap. But Perry LeBrock, he's the man in the box seat. 17 tries with three games to go. So he'll um, he'll certainly be eyeing it off. And uh, I'll tell you what, uh, there'd be a few ladies queuing up if you had a uh, tr- a uh, podium of Perry LeBrock, Joe Woodbury and Royce Jeffrey, I would have thought. <laughs> I'm not going to comment on that, mate. But um, some guys just have it all, don't they? The, the athletics and, and the other stuff, so... Good on him, mate, and um, it's gonna be it's gonna make for a good um, yeah, good last few weeks of the comp. I'm sure. Obviously, all those guys are in really attacking teams and put up points at will some weeks. So, yeah, I mean, who knows? Like, obviously, could crack the twenty mark as well, which would be great. They certainly could. It um, if you finish with over a try season, it'd be well earned. That is for sure. Um, the final couple of things before we wrap up, we will have an update later this week of our lead, of our odds from our. Uh, Secret, secret squirrel bookmaker that uh, pops those up. Just remember, guys, they are theoretical odds. So we had a few people messaging Josh and myself via the page uh, wanting to put their houses on different teams. And, look, I'm happy to collect on the couple of guys that wanted to put their money on Lakes, South uh, and Wyong. So if, if they if they want to just make a deposit into our account, that'd be great. Um, in, interestingly enough, uh, Maitland, who are very short, less than even money, I think, from the last update I saw from our, our mate that does those, Josh, uh, haven't really attracted much interest. No, I don't think people are interested in the very short odds, even if Maitland do look like, you know, obviously the favourites. Uh, I think they just jump at those. Um, those <laughs> like juicy Kevin's prices. In the office. 
Yeah, yeah Kevin from the office. When someone says, "If anyone gives you ten thousand to one, you take those odds, no matter what." <laughs> well, you know the <laughs> Not funny quite thing. Those odds. <laughs> I actually watched that episode only two nights ago. I'm going back through rewatching the office. A great show, and uh, yes, yeah, Kevin loves a roughie, um, and and nearly had one. Uh, when I, think, I think it was Michael jumping off the roof. But anyway, we digress. <laughs> The other one, and I teased this on the show, uh, on the show's Facebook page the other day, and, and we've talked about it. We've had great success with uh, the League Castle People's Club of the uh, region, and, and a big congratulations to Cessnock Goannas. Uh, if, um, you know, like it, it was big to win the Newcastle Rugby League last year, but this is the title that everyone wanted. So they, had, they were successful in a narrow win over the uh, David in the David and Goliath battle against Stroud. Hats off to Stroud, but a big congratulations to Cessnock. Stroud, very gallant second, uh, only only a few votes in. I think about 170 votes in it in the end, which when you look at it, we tallied over 10,000 votes. So uh, hats fantastic. off to both of them. Yeah, absolutely fantastic um, competition. Well done, Chris, for your initiative there running that. Good interaction amongst all the local rugby league fans and the clubs as well. And it you know maybe puts a couple clubs on the map of people that you know didn't know much about them either throughout the whole run. So, um, yeah, really good initiative. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Some of the places that uh, some of the shares popped up was was really interesting. Like the Stroud Raiders got uh, a few Canberra Raiders supporter groups behind them late in the piece. And Cessnock and I know East Maitland at one point had local councillors and members of parliament sharing it. So great to see everyone getting behind community footy. And, and look, we will probably run that at some stage again next year and uh, give someone, uh, hopefully someone else a chance to win or Cessnock to double down and go back to back. So... But in the meantime, we've got another eliminator we're going to run and uh, we're looking for you guys to nominate some people to go in this. So it's the cult hero, the local legend. So we're going to call it the local legend eliminator. So it's a bit of a mouthful, the League Castle local legend eliminator. But you need to listen carefully to the criteria of who you can put forward. The player has to have played in the Newcastle Rugby League, the Central Coast Rugby League, or the Group 21 competition in senior grade and then gone on to play in the NRL or the English Super League. We're also restricting it to being 1988, hence the Knights era onwards. So some of the ones that we've already thrown in the mix will be none other than Braden Musgrove from last year, Cessnock Goannas. Uh, speaking Cessnock, Billy Pete, and I think we talked Nathan Ross. Um, did you have any others, Josh, that you were going to throw in? I know we talked about a couple. Uh, well, obviously, you got, you know, the Chief at Lake. Yeah, the Chief and Michael Ennis, they were the two from Lakes. I knew there was another couple there because Mick Ennis played, I think, in the 96 grand final or something like that at the ripe old age of about 16 in first grade, which is phenomenal in itself. Uh, Will Smith from West. So we're looking to populate Italy this. brothers. We're looking to populate this list out. Exactly right. So anyone, again, as long as they've played grade in those competitions, and so we're really reaching out my knowledge of Central Coast and Group 21, not as uh, de- deep uh, as it might be um, with, the, uh, with the other uh, competition with Newcastle. So, as I said, anyone that's played, well, I, I'll, I'll extend it to senior rugby league in any of the competitions and then gone on to play in the NRL is eligible for this. Hopefully, we'll get 16. Maybe we'll get 32. Maybe we'll get a few more. We'll build out an eliminator. It'll be very similar. We'll probably run it in a little bit more of a compact feature. But then an individual will be named the League Castle local legend. Uh, for 2021, so uh, get it, get into the show. Uh, flick us a message, whether it's uh, individually to myself or Josh, or via the show's page, via Instagram. Um, for those of you who have been silly enough to uh, give me your number and ended up with mine, then reach out to me via that as well. Uh, but yeah, so, something else we're looking to do again. It's just about getting a bit more and and maybe sharing some of those stories of some of the successes from the local competitions going onto the big stage and. 
Uh, again, I, I will just reiterate it is guys that have played great and then gone on. So they're probably more of the late bloomers in this in this era rather than, you know, maybe someone like a, a Clint Newton who played for Valentine or a um, Cade Snowden who played through at Lakes or Willie Mason who played his juniors at the Scorps and those sorts of things. So we do want them to have played senior rugby league uh, before they've gone on to the NRL and not come back vice versa. So that's the criteria. We've got a list that we've put out there. Uh, reach out to the show and... Uh, um, we'll put a post up during the week as well, which undoubtedly will get some uh, engagement and, uh, yeah, put you put them on there as well. So I'm pretty excited about it, Josh. It'll be interesting to see uh, if another club can uh, claim a title away from Cessnock because at the moment they hold the de- the um, sorry the uh, A-plus contracting cup, which is what the uh, Newcastle Rugby League comp was called last year, and they also hold the uh, People's Club. So I'm sure someone like a Billy Peden or a Braden Musgrove took that out, then Cessnock would be crowing and uh, right atop uh, all of the uh, trophy cabinet uh, silverware packages. Yeah, definitely, mate. That's fantastic. Obviously, this is one of the first times I'm hearing more about the in-depth initiative from yourself here as well. So it's good to know the criteria um, and the dates also. As you said, 1988 onwards is obviously a a lot of people from back, back in the day. Obviously, you know, I like my rugby league history that have gone on to, you know, represent straight to Australia or New South Wales. So we're keeping it from 88 onwards and as you said uh, people who have played first grade in the local competitions correct so um, it, nicely nicely broken down for the listeners there and I'm sure you'll post it on the website on the uh, Facebook page as well yeah we certainly will and and we, we might look to do something after this um, some recognition or some sort of competition to honour some of those ones further back but I just thought it might have expired out of control with the number of players that <laughs> would have gone from playing here in, in those different eras and may never have played in the top tier competition, but may, as you said, have played for New South Wales or Australia. So we had to just build a bit of a, a framework and a criteria around it. So that's what we've gone with. And I pretty much winged it. As I said, I re- bounced it off you the other day and, and here we are. So let's see how it goes. Uh, hopefully everyone gets behind it. If we, if it's, you know, one tenth as successful as the uh, people's club competition, which, you know, I think dragged out over about four months in the end um, was then, then that'll be great. And uh, it'll be great to get some more attention to some of those stories. So, Mate, uh, that's Newcastle uh, Rugby League stats man segment uh, and, and a little bit more. We might take a little bit of a break and I've got a couple of guys to catch up with. Pete Cronin from the Curry Bulldogs and uh, uh, Jimmy Newburn and uh, Jaden Potts from the Lakes United Open Grade side. And then we might come back and uh, chat a little bit of NRL, mate, and uh, what's happening in the Sunshine State. Sounds great, mate. I'll speak soon. All right, it's time to get into the Denton Engineering Cup and uh, ahead of this week's Bar TV Sports Tui's match of the round being the Curry Bulldogs taking on Lakes United. We are fortunate enough to uh, have uh, one of their season campaigners, Pete Cronin, uh, also an international superstar having played for Malta. Pete, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Mate, we might, we might touch on that briefly first. Uh, you had the opportunity, uh, I think it was two years ago when they had the Emerging Nations World Cup uh, to represent Malta alongside uh, alongside your brother, yeah, mate. Um, it was the first time um, sort of Jesse and myself got to play together, so um, it was an opportunity that we we both sort of dreamed about doing. It. And um, what better stage to do it than represent, you know, like a or our heritage, really? Like um, neither one of us have um, had much to do with Malta, but um, somehow Jesse got picked, and um, you know, the coach um, sort of was looking for a front rower, and Jesse threw my hand up, and. Yeah, I, I've I've sort of played oh, ten test matches for him now, which is it's good. Like we had one uh, probably four weeks back, and they cancelled it due to COVID and stuff like that. But it, it's been a really good experience um, down there playing, you know, emerging nations and stuff like that. It, it, it's been good for me. 
Yeah, it's certainly been um, it's been an interesting one to see some of the players popping up, and you've got a couple of the boys uh, yourself and uh, Ethan Niscott who also played for Poland there at Curry. So um, it's great yep. to see, as you said, um, players. You get that opportunity to sort of represent your heritage, depending on you know who you are. I guess what you know how heavy that connection is, but it's a great opportunity and and great for those countries to be represented. And, and some of the guys I know Poland have had some guys come from Poland to play in some of their sides and. And at different yep. points, some of the players that have represented those countries. So it's great to see. We've seen the likes of Lebanon emerge to the Rugby League World Cup. So if we could see yeah. Malta and Poland, who are two of the, probably the stronger ones in that competition, uh, do the same in the coming years, that'd be great. Yeah, I'd hope to be a part of it. But um, I'm getting a bit long on the tooth, I think, now to be um, having those aspirations. But we'll see. Oh, mate, I, I, I've just um, just dragged up using the computer uh, an article here um, about when yourself and Jesse were playing and it, and it sort of says that you referenced it then that you thought representative footy might have been a bit beyond you. So never say never. Uh, you got the yeah, call true. up to go back to that. So, uh, um, and as you said, a great opportunity. There's, what is there, uh, nine or ten years between you boys? Is it that much? Yeah, ten years different. So, and um, obviously, unfortunately, Jesse now, um, he's hung the boots up. I don't know whether it's forever or um, just due to head knocks and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, if that opportunity arose again and, you know, he was back playing and felt comfortable, I'd definitely jump at it. Yeah, no, that, well, that'd be great, mate, if, if that is the opportunity and um, yeah, continues a, a line of uh, would, um, Curry players who've uh, represented at different international levels, including, uh, I think, Mark Carilla, um, the killer yeah. who played for France. And uh, there's been a couple of others, George Nadera, I know he played a little bit in international rugby league as well. So uh, great yeah. to see from, you know, this platform of local league that there is an opportunity for guys to take that next step and, and represent whether it's the emerging or in Killer's case, um, you know, certainly one of the uh, stronger nations in, in World Rugby League. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Mate, let's talk Denton Engineering Cup. You guys uh, had uh, the, uh, the COVID uh, the COVID buy, I think, last week. Um, yeah. You were scheduled to play Wyong. It's a, it's a bit of an unfortunate situation. We are back to three games, though. And uh, how, was, how was the, uh, the week off? Uh, how was, did you guys make use of that after that uh, arm wrestle? Uh, the week before against Macquarie? Yeah, well, um, Mitch actually gave us the week off just because we're carrying, you know, a lot of blokes um, have, have like niggling injuries and we have done all season, like just um, being plagued with injuries. So Mitch just said, look, we'll, we'll have the week off, like um, just post because we've got a WhatsApp group and we just sort of post little workouts and stuff that the guys were doing individually. But we came back um, together last night and, um, for a first session, but it's probably been good for us, a couple of blokes, even myself, you know, I couldn't have played last week um, with the arm and stuff like that. But I think that week off has probably allowed me to get back on the paddock this weekend, which, um, you know, it's just good because I, I feel like this might be my last year playing. So, um, you know, I, I want to play every game that I, I possibly can. So the week off was, it probably was a blessing for us. Yeah, unfortunately, your reserve grade uh, wasn't a, a great weekend for them, mate. Uh, they went up and took on that red-hot Northern Hawks side that's stacked yeah. for the talent, 60-0, to nil, a tough trip up to Tom Murray on Sunday. Yeah, yeah. No, and, like, we, they've sort of struggled all year. You know, the club um, as a whole has, has been sort of understaffed with players. Or, you know, like, we've had um, sort of third-grade players backing up playing reserve grade. And, and even with us, you know, we've got reserve grade players backing up some weeks to fill voids in our side just because um, the sheer depth this year, like we've had a couple of um, season ending injuries, which is obviously uh, affects the whole club. So um, it's, it's been a tough um, year for the Bulldogs all around, but you know, like it's, uh, we can bounce back in years to come for sure. Yeah, certainly, um, you know, for, forever a powerhouse at different times in, in the local rugby league. It's been a few years since the uh, trophies headed up to the graveyard, but, 
I'm sure it won't be too far away. And, you know, there's been some highlights in that year, as you said, lots of injuries and, you know, probably um, if I asked Mitch Cullen, he'd probably say to me that he probably hasn't had his, his first choice 17 available to him at any point. I mean, we've barely seen Nathan Ross. Um, we've, you know, Tyler Randall's had injuries, you know, a number yeah. of the others. Mitch himself has missed games just due to injuries backing up a couple of minor yeah. suspensions as well. So um, it hasn't helped. But, you know, and one I noticed that... Um, you know, in your last game, uh, young Brody Lanane, a name that's obviously synonymous with the club, with um, his old man Danny, who was part of the three-peat from 93 to 95, making his debut in the last first-grade game. So that's, uh, that's a great little bit of uh, news yeah. coming out of the club, mate. Well, that's it. Like, we're, we've um, debuted a, a few young blokes this year, which, you know, these are the years to do it. Um, you know, unfortunately, we haven't got the results, but we have sort of, yeah, I, I guess um, planted that seed for years to come with those younger blokes, you know, like... Um, there's a few of us that are old in this side, and these young blokes are going to be the future of the club. So, and like Danny, when he sorry when he played last week, mate, he um, he didn't look out of place at all. You know, um, he, he didn't get a lot of time just just the way the game was going. Like, we'll you know we're competitive, you know, and it was probably hard to throw him in at that point just because you know the, the thirteen that were out there were doing such a good job. But um, you know, he deserved his spot, and, and all the debut tops uh, this year have all deserved a spot there, which is. It's been promising for the future, for sure. Yeah, as you say, it's um, certainly great for the future. And uh, it's been some challenges. I know not having 19s this year, a few of those guys that would have played 19s have sort of filtered into that uh, open-age side that's playing in the A-grade competition. Again, yeah. they, they probably got pitched into a, a battle that was probably, well, not, not necessarily above them because we've seen them certainly put up a fight against a few sides, but probably in terms of consistency and numbers, uh, trying yeah. to continually play against some of those sides. You know, your Dora Creech, your Northern Hawks, and uh, Belmont South especially we've seen. Um, yeah, is probably a challenge too far, but they've turned up every week and, and had a red hot crack. I had them uh, refereed him a couple of weeks ago, or probably eight weeks ago, I'd say, because it was before COVID against uh, Nor- uh, Northern Lakes down there on the coast on a Friday night, and they uh, turned up and gave them a red hot scare. So, uh, and that's been the yeah. case, I think, with all your sides. There's been games where you've probably underperformed, but there's been some where you've certainly surprised some teams and shown the potential yeah. that's there. Well, that's it. And, you know, like um, we do still have that potential. You know, like we, um, I thought. Um, against Maitland, um, not the 46th or 48-6th round. That was um, obviously uh, lopsided. And, and the second game was uh, much one-sided too. But for 50 minutes of that game, we were competitive. Um, I don't think in the second half, Maitland got across. Um, you know, we, we, we show signs of being a good team. It's just the consistent 80-minute um, performance, which we lack at the moment. Yeah, and, and certainly speaking of that, I, I know that... Um you know, when you came up against this week's opponent last time, you guys were a little bit light on numbers and I think there might have been a, a wedding that weekend as well or something <laughs> like that. So yeah, um, undoubtedly yeah. being level on points with them at the moment, there's probably a bit of a point to prove amongst some of the boys and uh, a chance to climb another rung on the ladder finals, obviously beyond yeah. you in first grade, but plenty of emphasis on this weekend's game. Yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, like they're always our nemesis lakes. Yeah, we're down at, down at um, their home ground there. They're always hard to beat and our preparation for the, the last game wasn't the greatest. You know, like, oh, I think we had probably eight guys attend Mitch's wedding, which was, um, you know, unavoidable, like, due to COVID. Like, the wedding had been moved from when it was originally scheduled. And it came up the Friday night before we, uh, yeah, we played Lakes on the Sunday. Um, you know, no excuses. Like, Lakes are always hard to beat down there. So, we definitely want to prove a point up, up here when they come up here um, on Saturday. So, um, you know... I know that they've got a couple of players back and they're, they're quite handy players, um, but I'm, I'm not writing us off either. You know, like we, like I said, we we show signs of being a bit, like a good side. Um, 
just whether or not we can get it together for the full 80 is um, yeah, is the challenge for us. Uh, I think we're a bit depleted again this weekend. Like Mitch is under a, um, an injury cloud and I'm not sure if Reed's back from suspension. So we'll see how we go this weekend. But like definitely um, the goal is to get the two points for sure. Yeah, no, definitely. I can, I can appreciate that. And as you say, it, it's very much, you know, and, and we've seen it with a few of the sides, um, you guys, when you took down South, if you can put that 80 minutes together and we've seen, you know, a few upsets at different points and West are a great example as well. Uh, and we'll touch yeah. on their result last week. They were just just short of that 80 minute effort a lot in those first five or six rounds. Now they've started to put them yeah. together and a bit of momentum and uh, undoubtedly I'm sure that's something that the, the club and team and Mitch are, are focusing on. You've got, you know, um, the two games against the other sides that are down with you and, and making sure you do stay above both of them and then a rivalry game to finish the, the season. You'd love to nothing more than chalk a couple of wins into these, take some momentum in and just uh, rattle Cessnock as they head towards what is, you know, pretty pretty much a guaranteed finals berth. Yeah, yeah, like definitely, man. I, I just like the last three games, I want to be competitive. And, you know, if we can go three from three, that'd be a, a good way to end the season, you know. Or, um, you know like, like I say, we... We, we definitely should be doing better than what we've been performing and the results we've been getting. But, um, you know, we, every team goes through it. Like, I've been around footy for a long time and, you know, I've played in sites where, you know, like we play like this for one season and the next year you're sort of, you know, you're in the in the top four and stuff like that. So um, all I want to be is competitive and that's what we keep, um, you know, emphasising, like, to the younger guys in our side, you know, like we just, just want effort. And I think if everyone put the effort in for 80 minutes, like the results will come. So we're not too far off getting those effort um, and those results, I don't think. so. Yeah, 100%. I think, as you said, it's been a challenging season up there, coming back from from COVID and being in, you know, not having the top-tier side and then just trying to get all the sides back up, you know, being in that space as well where you didn't quite have enough to field the under-19s. There's a lot of yeah. challenges. And, and as we said, Curry undoubtedly have been a powerhouse for many years and been heavily involved and, and up the top of Newcastle Rugby League. And undoubtedly, they'll be back there again Soon, as you said, if you can be competitive and, and just be in the fight for 80 minutes for these remaining three rounds, it will be absolutely cracking. So speaking yep. of the coming round, let's have a look at uh, round uh, 16 that we're up to. Jeez, the time flies. Only three rounds to go till finals. Uh, let's have a look at the other two games that are on Saturday, and then we'll, we'll have a quick chat about your game, mate. Uh, yep. Both these games, top four clashes uh, and plenty on the line. This one, first up, Cessnock taking on Macquarie. Uh, the winner will go a long way towards locking in a, a top three berth. Cessnock coming off that uh, strong win against a depleted Central last week. Uh, while yep. Macquarie absolutely took apart their late Macquarie rivals and your rivals this week, Lakes United. Uh, mate, there's going to be plenty of points in this one. I think both sides uh, have really got their attack firing uh, heading into the back end of the season. Yeah, they definitely do. They're both, um, yeah, really good um, attacking sides. So, yeah, we should see some points there. Um, it's hard to... To, to pick a obviously a, an outright favourite there, but I, I'd like to see Cessnock get up this weekend. Like um, you know, as much as we hate um, playing against Cessnock, they still feel like a local team to us. So um, you know, like they're both they're, they're both good sides from you know one to seventeen. Um, a lot of youth in 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 both those sides too. So it, it should be quite a um, you know exciting game to watch. Yeah, it certainly will be. And uh, for the second week in a row, we'll likely see a battle of Briggs up there at uh, Cessnock Sports Ground. Last week, it was Scott getting the uh, the points over, over Randall. This week, he'll likely take on Isaac. Isaac in the extended side. So, 
Um, yep. mate, great to see. And we mentioned it earlier in our stats, Isaac Briggs racking up 100 first-grade games for Macquarie last week, which, uh, mate, you've been around for quite a while. For anyone to get 100 first-grade games at all in Newcastle is, is a stunning achievement. But to do so it at is. his age and at one club is, is very... Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, yeah, I mean, all the Briggs boys, they're always... Um, you know, they can be dormant for a bit and then they, they, they seem to fire, like, and, and just play the house down. Like, it should be a very um, eventful game watching those, those guys go head-to-head. It certainly will. Speaking of eventful games, uh, the next match up we'll see Maitland hosting Central. It's, uh, I think, first versus second as the ladder currently stands. Central uh, in a little bit of a, a battle in terms of uh, getting their side on the park fit. They've got a number of injuries in the halves, none more so than Luke Walsh and Dylan Pythian, but it's not too bad when you can replace them with Jack Kelly and Brad Murray. Uh, so <laughs> they're not absolutely uh, without options, but um, yeah. Walsh and Pythian have been two of the standouts in the first half of the season, and uh, a draw here would be enough for Maitland to secure a minor premiership. Uh, you'd be very surprised if they didn't wrap up the minor premiership uh, before the end of the season, but I would suggest yeah. they'd be favourites here at home to uh, oh, claim yeah, silverware. Yeah, Maitland, they're, um, <laughs> they're, um, they're, they're a good side. Like, um, Obviously, they, they've pulled a lot of um, sides' pants down this year, but um, you know they're across the park. They're, they've just got a lot of um, big-name players, and, and they seem to get it together every week. Um, I'm I'm very good mates with Sam um, Anderson, and you know, like we we go at each other in the games and stuff. But um, you know, like him leading that pack around, and you got Butsy and stuff like that. They're they're a good side, and then as soon as the back five get it, that's you can almost guarantee four points. That um, so they're a very hard side to beat, I think Maitland. And um, the only thing that will sort of slow Maitland down is is this um. You know, COVID, that's what I've said to Sam. That's the only thing that's going to slow your momentum at the moment. But, um, yeah, I, I would say Maitland, sort of, they'll win that pretty comfortably. Yeah, you, you would certainly think it would take something special from uh, a few of those star central players. Uh, that said, Central uh, do, or they welcome back in last week, a, a big addition from New South Wales Cup in, in Zach Hosking, one of their local juniors, which it's great to see some of those New South Wales Cup players coming back into the competition, mate, uh, with them yeah. being ruled out with COVID and at least getting some footy under their belt and, I guess, lifting yeah. the standard overall here. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a tough one for us. I think Lakes, have, um, they've got a couple of cup players back and we, we don't seem to get anyone. <laughs> like, we don't have um, cup players. Like, we get... Oh, well, Henry's playing this week with us, which is a, a massive in. So, um, yeah, like, those cup players, like, Eddie's good for the comp. Um, it's just it, it just makes our job harder <laughs> this weekend for sure. Yeah, it certainly does. Uh, that said, I mean, uh, a lot of people talk about those cup players. I think some of the standard of football in our competition isn't that far removed and, and probably a good example of that's a guy who was plying his trade in cup and he's come back home to work in, in your side in Jared Anderson who uh, yeah. on his day is you know, close to unstoppable and you get the likes of him and as you said, having Henry back and uh, some of these guys that have played at that level, then yeah, certainly uh, the experience that they lend week in, week out is great as well and there's a few of those, you know, the likes of him and there's a man on the other side in Joel Edwards that's, you know, again, played at even the level above that, as have a couple of your yeah. boys. So, um, yeah. yeah, there's, uh, mate, uh, he he would have some fond memories of playing at Curry, undoubtedly, Joel, uh, as an, as an ex-Cessnock boy, undoubtedly. Yeah, yeah, like that did. Um, like, I, I went to school with Joel, um, you know, and we always sort of, we had rivalries just because he was Cessnock Curry, you know. Um, they've always sort of had that, that long-running rivalry there. But, um, yeah, like Joel's, um, he's such a gentleman on the field too. You know, he's, he's got the potential to, um, definitely iron a lot of blokes out. He just, he's just, I, th- I think he, um, he's one of the gentlemen of the sport at the moment. Like he, he always, you know, encouraging and stuff like that, which is, it's hard to hate when you're on the field. Like you'd love to hate these type of guys, but he makes it hard. So 
Yeah, He's such a good guy, Joel. I, I remember playing Joel. He was the year below me in juniors and uh, he'd been playing up for Cessnock at different points in juniors. And uh, he was one of those guys. There was plenty of boys on that side that we didn't like. But Joel, you just couldn't not like him. And yeah. like, a comment yeah. I made to him during the year when he first uh, was at Lakes and I crossed paths with him down there at one of the games was he's far too well-spoken to be a forward. And I say that as someone <laughs> who used to play in the forwards. And, mate, I'm sure you'd, you'd agree. Uh, yours yeah. and my vernacular is a little bit more uh, colloquial than Joel's is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure, mate. He's, um, no, he, he's a legend, so... Um, I, I mean, I'm not going to wish him all the best this weekend, but every other game, for sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be no uh, friend, friendly exchanges on Saturday, no. mate. And speaking of no, Saturday, what are going to be the keys? You talked about they've got a, a few of the boys back. They've got Vialia, um, John Tolliafoa up front as well, back uh, from Cup, as we talked about. They've got Joel Edwards there, Nick Lowy, who, another one of those players from our competition who's played International Rugby League for Scotland. Um, yeah. What's going to be the keys? Is it is it, you know as cliched as it might be? Is it just completing your sets and being disciplined, which um, you know, we, yeah. talk, we talked about before, has been you know at different points you've had a few boys suspended. Is that is that going to be the key? Yeah, definitely, mate. Like um, if we can keep everyone on the park, you know, like for the whole eighty minutes, um, whether that's um injuries or you know like being ill disciplined, but um, I, I think the key this weekend is like our, our defence. You know, we leak a lot of a lot of points um just because you know it's sort of once we lose that momentum, a lot of guys, um, I don't know, I can't put my finger on it, but they, we sort of don't want to defend them for a bit. So we just need to, if we start well um, and, and do complete those sets and, and I guess jam up in these um, when it comes to defence, you know, like um, if, if their middle starts rolling through our middle, it's going to be a long day potentially. So um, d- defence for us is, is massive this weekend. You know, we've got points in us like we've, Tyler and you know um, some of the boys in our side like Kate Hardy and and the likes. You know we've got we've got points in our side. It's just um, we've got to stop the points from being scored against us. That's the big thing for us. Yeah, certainly I can appreciate that. I think, mate. Uh, uh, certainly, plenty of points uh, if they're on in your centre. That centre pairing, mate, and plenty of experience there. Henry Penn and Steve Gordon. Uh, if they get yep. fire, and and I know I, I refereed you boys earlier in the year against West and. Uh, uh, the game was in the balance and Henry just decided that he wanted to turn it on at that point and run through about six people and scored the match with yeah. the try like he was, you know, an under-16s kid playing under-12s. Yeah, exactly, mate. He's got that potential, Henry. Um, You, you know, like when he's on, he, he'd be one of the best centres that we've got in this competition. So, um, yeah, we, 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 we definitely need a lot out of our back five this weekend too. You know, like we're um, with the middle, we're, you know, we stop their momentum and stop their, their middle and then we just sort of rely on our back five to get those points across the line for us. Um, yeah, it should be like a good a good um, exchange this weekend. You know, like if hopefully if we can get Mitch on the field, that's a, that's a massive in for us because he's our he's our leader. You know, like um, Mitch as a coach, he's um, he's done well for what you know we've had. The results haven't been favourable for for us as a club, on and and it's not a reflection of Mitch. You know, he's a great leader, um, and you know a lot of guys have respect for him. So let's hope that he, he sort of laces up this weekend because it's a massive um, inclusion for us. Yeah, he certainly is. Uh, just the composure that he adds to the team. Um, and obviously we know, you know, having seen him for a long time, he can pretty much throw into any position and play well above his weight. But mate, yeah. we, wish, we wish you guys all the best. There's a few people that might have raised a little eyebrow with this game being the Bar TV match of the round, but I certainly think it's going to live up to it, uh, irrespective yeah. of those other clashes. I know there'll be uh, no love lost uh, between both sides. Both sides will be wanting to sneak from, uh, sort of try and lock in eighth spot if they can on the ladder, even though finals yeah. might be beyond them. So uh, yeah. all the best for this weekend, mate. And um, yeah, as always, it's always good to catch up with you and uh, hopefully we'll catch you around the grounds before the end of the season. Yeah, you will do. Thanks for having me, mate. Cheers. 
All right, a big thanks to Pete Cronin from Curry Curry there. Uh, great to pull apart the Denton Engineering Cup again. We're now heading into the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League, and it is the washout round this weekend, so not a lot of fixtures, but uh, we thought we'd take the time to catch up with uh, a couple of the boys from Lakes United, and we've got their skipper, Jaden Potts, as well as their uh, evergreen veteran, Jimmy Newburn, on the phone, uh, ready to go. Boys, how are we tonight? Yeah, good, Chris. Evergreen perfect for me, mate. <laughs> yeah, good, Chris. Well, Jimmy, I, I thought I'd throw in Evergreen there. I mean, there's a few veterans, so we had to differentiate. There's um, there's a bloke look, looking like Scott Minto in a few of the photos I saw there. So, um, yeah, certainly some uh, experience adding to the youth out at Lakes in the uh, open grade side. Yeah, there's a, there's a few of us over 30, mate. I'm nearly 40 myself, but um, it's certainly been fun to get back in. Having a, having a run around with the boys has been quite a while, but, yeah, certainly enjoying it. But, yeah, still very old on a Sunday or Monday when I'm still, still poor as hell. Yeah, mate, you were, you were lost to uh, to rugby league for a few years there, went back over and uh, you are playing some Aussie rules at a couple of different clubs, but found your way back and there's a few other boys that you've dragged out of retirement, you and the other young blokes uh, alongside you. Yeah, oh, absolutely. A few years been out of AFL, still evolved a little bit with AFL. COVID sort of put a, put a quash on that at the moment. I'm on the Central Coast, coaching on the Central Coast, not living down there, obviously, but um, yeah, COVID sort of put a stop to that. It's allowed me to play a few more games than, than expected and actually they a bit more commitment than I wanted, than I was going to have. But yeah, absolutely having a ball doing it. Um, we'll get back into the AFL at some point when lockdown finally ends. But, but for now, yeah, full steam ahead with Lake with the Lakes boys. Yeah, lovely. And um, and Jaden, how's it been uh, leading that mixed bag around? Uh, you obviously got some good results on the board, but uh, it, is, it is really a mixed bag out there with the um, the D grade side with uh, youth and experience. Oh, it's been unreal, mate. Um, yeah, to start, we, we had a lot of the younger boys. Straight out of the 19s last year, a lot of them were had the year off and played the under 18s, and yeah, just the experience of Chris Shepherd, Brody Delaney, Dan Ramsey, and even Jimmy just helping us along. It's been awesome. Boys are having a ball. I suppose that's all it's about. And uh, mate, uh, I'm sure a few of those experienced heads have uh, also uh, livened up the, uh, the the Saturday night post game functions too, have they? Yeah, mate. A few of the boys uh, haven't lost at anything over their older years, so. Mate, no. the young fellas that lead the way, don't you worry, mate. I'm, I'm still hungover on a Tuesday, mate. These boys are kicking on us a Sunday beer. The joys of youth, mate. I remember when I was uh, at Lakes at 21, and I could do that too. I certainly can't now at 34. So, uh, still keep look, up on the Saturday night. It's the Sunday and the Monday that's the problem. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. So how's it been, I guess, um, and, and Jimmy, you know, you're pretty well qualified in terms of your, your history at the club as well. Uh, how's it been coming back in, uh, the return of an open grade side and having that really different structure, whereas, you know, obviously previous times open grade for a grade club would have been always on the same day. You guys have travelled around a bit. How's that sort of engagement and lock-in with, with the late, broader Lakes United club been this year? Mate, I, I, personally, I, I would just find myself a bit lost sometimes. But, but, but we're just playing very basic footy to play what's in front of us. There's not a whole heap of structure. Hugo sort of let us play sort of what's in front of us there and it's certainly well coached there was, Hugo and, um, and Fletch and, and Old Man Potsy on the, on the coaches' stuff, but um, I don't get down to training as much as I'd like to, so I don't know. Jade will probably be able to fill in a bit more on, on how it fits in with the Reggie's boys and that, but um, sort of got our own crew now. We don't, not much, um, not many guys that come down. A few of the 19s come up and fill in, but but um, yeah, the, the, it's, it's a lot easier. We've got the side changes week to week, so just nice and basic, and it seems to be working on getting the wins on the board. Yeah, lovely. And and Jaden, from your point of view, how's that been? Uh, I guess uh, yeah. Uh, as Jimmy said, there, simple footy. It's uh, at the end of the day, rugby league's not the over, the uh, most complex of games, and 
uh, at the D grade level, sometimes just doing the simple things right and uh, disciplined uh, is half the battle. Yeah, well, we've found that that's, that's worked. We started, you know, trying to do all these moves and stuff like that, and we just found, you know, let's just play what's in front of us, and it's been it's been definitely working. We've managed to put some big scores on some teams. So, yeah, just simple footy, complete sets, and, yeah. And uh, in terms of getting plenty of points, mate, I just have a look here at the uh, the leaderboards and, and the top point scorer and top try scorer. Caleb Faulkner's got one hand on the... Uh, on the top try score, he's six tries clear of the next best on 17 tries this year. He's uh, obviously been in some good form. Yeah, mate, he's been absolutely killing it. He's a freak. He, I think he's had a few years off and just come back and, yeah, just um, coming out of nowhere. But pretty handy being outside Chris Shepard. Yeah. Yeah, it wouldn't, wouldn't hurt. Um, certainly, Shep's got some uh, handy ball playing ability. He played enough years of uh, first grade and... Uh, and, and was, you know, a standout even in the years when Lakes was uh, sort of struggling there after those couple of premierships in the mid-2000s. So I noticed also you got Samuel Plater up there as well uh, on the point scorer's leaderboard. So you got second and third. So uh, they might be hunting down the uh, the leader, Luke Christensen, from uh, Western Suburbs. So something else for them to aim for, uh, some other silverware that wouldn't hurt in the Lakes United Trophy cabinet. Caleb might have to just pass. He's got the try score on thing wrapped up. Maybe he passes the ball to Sammy on his outside. He might just get a few points up from try, scoring tries. He a lot of the goals, but yeah, a few more tries from Sammy. And, um, definitely a win both of them. A little bit of individual achievement for the boys, but it's something nonetheless. This certainly is. Uh, let, let's have a look at last weekend's results. And, and when I say last weekend's results, there's only three of the five games. Uh, unfortunately, Glendale uh, forfeited the ladder leaders. Wanji uh, Carter from Budgie was a COVID draw. Uh, we'll have a look at the other games. Uh, the local derby, Western Suburbs, they've been pretty strong. West Maitland, uh, 38-16 winners over Maitland United. So uh, what have you thought of those two sides so far this year? Um, we we went up to Coronation on a Sunday at Spree in the Arvo, played uh, West Maitland, and um, I thought they were very strong. They really defended well, and we ended up running away with them in the end. But, yeah, they, they're a good uh, hard side, good young side, and uh, definitely wouldn't take them lightly at all. Yeah, and uh, in the other results, we had uh, Abermain, who've been uh, fairly consistent up in that top five. Uh, they got a 32-22 win over the Lampton New Lampton slash Waratah side, which is uh, probably a little surprising. Some Lampton New Lampton are starting to, uh, I guess, have it, you know, get a little bit closer to some of the top teams in recent weeks. Yeah, we put some points on them when we played them the other day, but they've got some really talent, talented players and definitely um, a side not to take lightly either. A lot of the boys actually played against a lot of those boys got growing up in our side, so it was a little bit of a uh, grudge match when we played them last time. But, yeah, there's a lot of players that um, in that side that you definitely don't want to take lightly. Yep, and the, and the final game of the round, and um, there seems to be some sort of issue with the scoring here because it says 36-18, to 18, but then it shows that you guys scored 11 tries. So you might be able to clarify with me uh, what actually happened there. Yeah, it was 36-18. to 18. Someone's just got yeah, to be... There's a, bit, there's a glitch of the live score and the, the manager said something. I'm not sure what happened there. The glitch, they couldn't, they couldn't reverse it. So 11 tries would have been nice. But yeah, it was only... Um, I think it was six or seven, I think it was. But um, yeah, just a little bit of... Hold the ball a bit more, maybe. We might have scored 11. We did drop a lot of ball in that first half. But, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm, I'm looking at it there and I, I think it looks like they've probably allocated a few too many... Tr- a few extra tries to Samuel Plater by the look of it uh, or maybe Caleb. So depending on how many he scored... Or maybe the error was the uh, the third try to James Newburn. I'm not sure. <laughs> no, he definitely scored, uh, Chris. Definitely. Put another <laughs> one up on the captain. So. Yeah, mate. Uh, you'd be, uh, at least you're off the nudie run, Jimmy. That's always a good thing when you're the uh, the oldest body there. Absolutely, mate. It's a very, very slow run these days. 
Well, let's let's have a look. Obviously, as I said, just the one game this weekend, and it's Malibula taking on Cardiff. Uh, Cardiff sitting in ninth, Malibula in eighth. So it's a key game for both those sides, but both probably, uh, well, uh, realistically, unless they win all four of their games, are, are out of mathematical contention for the finals. So um, who, do, who do you see here? They're both on eight points heading into this one. Do you think the home ground advantage will be too much for Malibula in the catch-up? Yeah, I think the Malibula boys will run over him. Um, but in saying that, Cardiff's A grade may have a week off, so they may throw a few players in to help them yeah, out. But they've got to catch up as well. Up at they're up at Tomaree on Sunday, I believe. So uh, it's a big weekend for Cardiff in terms of catch up games. Yeah, well, yeah, I'm still going to tip Malibu here. I think the home ground advantage. I think we'll get them home. Yeah, excellent. So we've got the Panthers, Panthers winning that one. Speaking of the latter, um, let's have a bit of a run through. And I guess looking at the finals, there's some question marks there. But realistically, it looks like it's a, uh, a six-team race for the finals. And uh, just depending on what happens with Budgie, realistically. But uh, Wanji, with you know one game to go, sorry, three games to go, would need to lose all three for you guys to, to nab the minor premiership. Are, are you in a position where you think you're, you're almost ready to concede that they're going to finish top of the ladder? Yeah, I think Wanji are going to definitely finish top of the ladder. They're, they're out, out the best side in this comp. They're strong across the park. Um, yeah, they're a very tough, tough side. Then look, looking down the ladder, it's um, it's sort of anyone's for those next two couple of spots. Obviously, Budgeoy, we know, are going to face at least a couple more COVID draws. Uh, you would expect with the sort of COVID numbers that are still coming out. But you've got yourselves, West Maitland and Abermain on 19, 18 and 18 respectively. So... Um, it's certainly going to be a, uh, a hot run through for the last few rounds. Important we don't take that. We've got a couple of games left, and yeah, we'll probably get a draw, I think, the way the Budgie Boy games look at Cardiff, and I think Glendale and Cardiff, yeah. two games we play with. Games we should win, but we can't take it lightly. We want to win that top three. is probably the crucial spot, two or three. Um, gives us that second bite. Um, and having first crack at Wanji in week two is what we want. So we don't want to take them lightly, take the foot off. I think we had the draw against Cardiff earlier in the year where we, we probably took them a little bit lightly, but. Um, yeah, win those games, we should finish in that, that two or three spot and, and play week one in that finals. Yeah, I, cer- I certainly think that's um, a fair aspiration. We've seen Glendale have been much improved over the last few weeks since they brought back... Uh, mate, you think you're evergreen. Troy Forbes coming back and playing in a dinner suit there in the seven jersey. Um, as I said to Forbes when I was out refereeing him the other week, uh, I remember refereeing him way back uh, when I first started refereeing Newcastle and Hunter and he was an old bloke then. So uh, he's still got some skills though, Forbesy, and he certainly settled their side down and got them to just, you know, exactly what you're talking about, just some simple footy. So... They'll be a danger next round. Um, and as you say, it's going to be interesting uh, if you get uh, the five points that you'd expect from those. It's then, I guess, the balls in uh, West Maitland's and uh, uh, Maitland United's courts as to, as to where they end up. West Maitland do have a bye and they take on Waratah and Abermain on the way home, which will be a challenging game as well. Sorry, Abermain was that other side I was saying, not uh, not uh, Maitland United and um, Abermain's draw on the way home. Let's just have a look here. They've got Cessnock and West. So that last round game uh, will hopefully play in your favour because it should knock two points off one of those two sides. Yeah, hopefully it plays in our favour. We can secure that top three spot. Yeah, well, you'd certainly be happy if um, not only it secured you a top three spot, but um, you know they, they beat each other fairly heavily so that next the first week of the finals you've got a uh, slightly, slightly tenderised opponent, I would have thought. Yeah, it definitely worked in our favour. So, well, boys, um, I guess what's what's the plan? Is there a bit of bonding? Anything lined up for the uh, for the weekend off? Are you going to go and check out another game, or just get down and support the grade boys? There's been too much bonding on a Saturday night the last few weeks, mate. My <laughs> old head, me personally, I need a rest. <laughs> Keeping up with the young fellas, but um, yeah, we'll probably catch up for yeah. a beer. There'll uh, definitely be something, I would say. So, yeah, 
wrestler grade are playing up at Curry this weekend, so I don't know, a few of us might make a trip up there, but yeah, who knows. Yeah, lovely. It's, a, it's It's been a challenging year for, for Lakes in, in the higher grades. It's good to see you boys going so well and um, running what looks like will be deep into the finals. So as uh, as someone who's uh, pulled on the, the blue and gold, and as they say, Lakes are mates, uh, I certainly uh, encourage, encourage everyone that's a Lakes United fan to get out and support you. And we, it's you know, great to see you guys going well and hopefully you can run deep and challenge the likes of Wanji West and Abermain uh, when it comes to the business end of the season, boys. Absolutely, yeah. That's, that's the plan, mate. We'll get there. Do as much support as we can. We're doing, trying our best to keep the clubs sort of the lower levels going through, and the other other grades are doing okay. But I'll, I'll move forward from that as well. But yeah, certainly from our point of view, it'd be nice to have a bit more support there um, coming into finals. Yeah, that's excellent, guys. So thanks very much for your time tonight. Uh, as I said, all the best for the season, and hopefully we can catch up with you guys uh, during the finals campaign, or, or maybe ahead of uh, an appearance in the uh, in the big dance in uh, about seven or eight weeks' time. No problem, mate. Anytime. Cheers for having us, Chris. All right, it's the uh, segment to wrap up the show. A uh, big thanks to Jaden Potts and Jimmy Newburn there from uh, the Lakes United D grade, uh, their open grade side playing in the Newcastle Hunter Community Rugby League competition. Uh, certainly a pair of characters, and we wish them all the best for the remaining few rounds. But it's that time of the night or the afternoon or the morning, depending on when you're listening, but it's night time when we're recording, uh, to pull apart the NRL. That was a really confusing and convoluted intro for you, Josh. Uh, welcome back, Josh Spiegelman. Thanks, mate. I don't know what time of day it is now. <laughs> it's not the first time you and I have got confused, mostly me, about what time of day or day of the week it is when we're recording this show. It's much earlier tonight, so we've got no excuse. Yeah, we don't, mate. We'll probably still get a million things wrong, but let's, let's smash through it. Yeah, mate. You've got to make all your mistakes now. You've got to sharpen up. You've got some trivia to get to, so let's keep it quick. It is uh, round 19 of the NRL Premiership. Uh, we are at two very different points of the uh, supporting uh uh, I guess roller coaster. I, I'm on a high point, thinking that anything's possible, and you know maybe we will make the finals. And mate, I don't know where you are, but I, I doubt it's quite at that height. Well, I'll tell you where I am, mate. It's about 60 points less on the for and against because we're both on 16 points tonight in the Raiders, and you've got about 60 points on us on the plus four. So, uh, seeing as we have the Roosters this week, it's not looking great. But seeing as you have the Eels, as we'll soon talk about, and their line is 15 and a half, no one gives you, you gives you a chance either. So. Let's jump into that one. Yeah, let's kick it off with that. And uh, as we said earlier on in the show, it's everything Queensland this week uh, up there in the Sunshine State. Again, great that the Rugby League's still going ahead. I mean, I'd much rather that they were down here. We were just talking about it before off-air. The Knights and the Raiders comes up soon, and that'll be in Queensland. Unfortunately, we won't be able to uh, get uh, head-to-head and record some sort of live chat at the show uh, for the show or anything. So we might just pick it apart, and someone will have some bragging rights when we get to it. But... This week, it is the fourth-placed Eels, $1.20 favourites against my ninth-placed Canberra Raiders uh, Thursday night up at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. Uh, we're just talking about it. I had this line at, you know, a tr- one to two tries. It's at two and a half converted tries. So, value-wise, I certainly think the Raiders are a, a, are a decent shout. But um, with Mitch Moses and Junior Paulo coming back in, uh, you would have to think the Eels... Yeah, deserved favourites, but the margin is an interesting one. Uh, yeah, mate, sorry, just, just correct there. They, uh, Mitch Moses is out. Um, that's why I was even more surprised the line is what it is. He is um, too, Junior sorry, Paula. yeah. Yeah, Junior Paulo is, is in, so that's it. And then on the flip side, you got, obviously, for yourself, Jack White out. And horrible news that um, Xavier Savage has been ruled out for the remainder of the year with a shoulder injury. So that really hurts the, the Raiders, who have obviously lost Charles Nickel-Clockstad and 
like a stud. And um, obviously now Xavier Savage. So well, three, three fullbacks, now, three fullbacks now. Yeah, yeah. Aiken's gone as well. So who'd put their hand up to wear the number one in the nation's capital? Yeah, you, mate. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Jordan, no. I, I can't catch, so I'm probably not a good shout. Um, my my, uh, my fullback work would be about as good as Jack White's kicking game was for the first 25 minutes of origin. Yeah, he's got a dubious long kicking game, that bloke. Well, and a short kicking game. But, um, yeah, uh, Jordan Rapanis at the back. Now for the Raiders, in a shuffle back line, and um, Harley Smith-Shields is on the wing. So um, I'll, be, I'll be tipping the Eels here, but I'll be taking the line, as we mentioned, on the Raiders. Um, you know, I think last week, uh, who the, the Eels, you know, they beat a pretty hapless Titans team, 26-8 without Moses. That Titans team offered nothing. They also lost Fogarty as well, the halfback. So Peter was really disappointing. So they didn't have much thrown at them. And meanwhile, the Raiders recorded that pretty good win against the Sharks there, which which I luckily tipped correct. So, yeah, as I said, tipping the Eels, but taking the line on the, um, the Raiders. Yeah, it's, uh, it's an interesting one. I noticed that uh, talking about fullbacks, Caleb Aikens is named in uh, the extended squad as the 18th man. So uh, watch that space. Um, look, when when uh, the Raiders did have Frawley and Williams together a couple of weeks ago in the halves, they did quite a good job. As you say, uh, Moses confirmed out. Blake Ferguson back in. Um, Will Penasini as well. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of him this year, so it'll be interesting to watch how he continues to develop. Only a young guy uh, out of Western Sydney. But, um, yeah, as I said, uh, I'm really excited to see Frawley and Williams together again and uh, what they can produce. The Eels, as you said, hapless Titans last week, but 8-6, they lost the second half after uh, putting on a clinic in the first half. So, um, yeah, there's probably some some positives there. I think if the Raiders can start well, we know the Eels uh, are generally pretty quick out of the gate. So if they can start well, that will be the key. And, yeah, I'm very much the same. I see the value about the Raiders' line, but... I, I'm not overly confident. You know, I wouldn't be putting my house on them to win. I might put a little sneaky wager on it, though, because they've uh, done me well the last two weeks. Yeah, exactly, mate. And, and the Eels did lose uh, Jake Arthur early in the match, or I can't remember exactly when in the match, but they lost him last week, which didn't help them either in that second half. So, yeah, they'll bounce back here, I think, get the W. Next up, it is Friday night, the early game at Sunshine Coast Stadium, obviously on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, the Roosters sitting in fifth, eyeing off a uh, top four opportunity, and the Knights in tenth, are much like my Raiders, needing to win and, and really crucial games uh, coming up over the next few weeks for them. And if they could upset the Roosters here, that would be huge for their top eight chances, but they're 350 outsiders to the Roosters, $1.31. Yeah, mate, I would have thought this game would have been probably the same line as the Raiders, but obviously it's a bit a bit close for the Knights there. Um, this, this, this season has just been a write-off with our injuries, mate. You know, Pierce is out for another week with a hamstring complaint. We do get DSAC back, which is great for the forwards, but, you know, we just haven't been able to get that back line clicking all year. Um, Crossland's still in with, with Clifford, who's, who's looked okay, but I just want to see Pierce, Clifford, Ponga and Beth in the same team. Is it that hard? Is it that much to ask for? <laughs> Well, this one's an interesting one. I, I had it at 13.5 the line when I priced this up myself. But, um, yeah, so it's not far away from that. I think it's down to 11.5 now. It might have been at 12 flat earlier in the week. Uh, but, you'd, yeah, you'd be a brave man, I think, to tip the Knights with those key players out. Uh, it would be a big boil over. And I just think the Roosters will be too strong, especially uh, I think they've got Tedesco coming back in at uh, fullback, which is obviously a, a big in. And, and COCY Takiaho as well uh, coming onto the bench, which is he's been, you know, he's obviously quite solid for them. Um, while the Knights, as you said, do welcome in DSAF and uh, I think Jesse Sue as well on to back onto the bench who we talked about uh, last week or the week before, but I just can't see them getting it done. Um, and yeah, I'll be the I'll be the Roosters here. I wouldn't be taking either side of the line, but yeah, the Roosters head to head. 
Yeah, mate, I think the biggest mismatch week in, week out for us is in the centres. You obviously saw that last week when um, Olam just basically fended Kurt Mann back to New South Wales on that run down the, um, the left edge there. Our right side defence is pretty awful. I mean, both our edge defences aren't great. So you look this week, Joseph Mine is back in the centres because Teddy's back. So they've got an embarrassment of Richards there. You know, I was on Manu for an time last week at fullback. I'll be getting on him again in the centres here against uh, two sub-pass centres currently in defence. So, not great. I'll probably take the Roosters with the line here. I'd love to win against them, but I just can't see happening. All right. Uh, next up on the second of the Friday night games, it's uh, the Cowboys sitting in 13th, taking on the ladder, leading Storm. And, look, if anything, it makes me feel better when a team who's actually playing at their home ground is double figures in prices. $10 versus the Melbourne Storm's 105 um, I mean, it's better than bank interest if you could lock it in and know that it was guaranteed. But, uh, you know, a 28-and-a-half-point line, I, I I look at lines like this where you start to get above three converted tries and I start thinking, look, there's just got to be some value, as we talked about before, Kevin, from the office, mate. Uh, get get amongst it. Uh, you know, if anyone gives you a 28-point line, you've got to have a little dabble at it almost, don't you? Oh, I would have agreed with Kevin, but I don't know if Kevin's seen the news today that it only gets worse for the Cowboys. They just lost the hammer, obviously, the, the origin hero, Game 3 hero, for up to six weeks after having his appendix removed. So um, that's big for the Cowboys. Obviously, he was slated to, to play fullback again after having a really, really good match last week from fullback. And on the flip side of that, the Storm get uh, big Ryan, small Ryan Pappenhausen back on the bench here. So, um, yeah, contrasting team news. Team forms obviously in the Storm's favour. They smashed us last week, it, you know, probably due to a lot of us. You know, Clemmer going down with a HIA and us not having a few players there. I'm not going to be too biased, but the Storm are just absolutely clinical at the moment, no matter who they play. So, yeah, I, I don't think I'd take the line against them, even though it's this big. Yeah, the only thing that, that does stand out for me is Cameron Munster, obviously out, as well as Dale Finnecane and Felice Kafusi. So a few outs here they do, though, as as we look at, look, you know, welcome back in Josh Adokar um, and a few other boys there that you named and uh, Nelson Asofa Solomona and Ryan Pappenheyer and on the bench in the 17, which is great to see him coming back from injury. So um, it'll be interesting to see uh, whether Pappenheyer might, um, you know, uh, move into the halves there even as, as a late, late reshuffle for Johns. But we'll watch this space, I guess, uh, but, yeah, I'm just uh, – big numbers excite me, so I'm, I'm just going to get about some of that 28 and a half this week, I think. But certainly in a head-to-head, you couldn't uh, give us a, me to genuinely take give the us an anytime, Give us an anytime Cowboys try score with it then, mate, they're going to have to score points to keep up. Oh, well, mate, I'm going to go that it's going to be uh, 34 to uh, to 6, and I'm going to get home by half a point. So they're only going to get, they're only, <laughs> they're they're only gonna get one try. And purely, purely because of – this, this name, we, we talk about uh, local league legends earlier, Kane Bradley, uh, former Cessna <laughs> Goanna, will we'll go with his namesake on the wing uh, for the uh, for the Cowboys to get across any time, mate. Sounds good, mate. Yeah, he's in number five this week, so um, that'll, that'll pay nicely. Kane Bradley any time in a Cowboys plus line, so good luck to the punters there. <laughs> exactly right, mate. Let's move along to the Saturday treble, and it is uh, the early game is... South Sydney taking on the New Zealand Warriors. The Rabbitohs sitting all the way up in third. Uh, the Warriors all the way down in 14th. It's polar opposites of the table. And the odds reflect thus $1.15. There's, geez, there's some big lines this week. I'm having a look through, and I think there's only the one game that's not double digits. Um, yeah, certain, certainly some monster lines. Every line here is around the three converted tries. South Sydney minus 17.5, and... 
Yeah, the Warriors have had a, had a horror run lately and uh, it doesn't seem to be getting any better. Rocco Berry, Tohu Harris and Roger Tuovasashek all out. Um, I swear it was only last week that Tohu Harris was back from injury. Yeah, mate, really unlucky for, for Tohu there. He did his ACL. He, I think he got up to play after getting it knocked. I can't remember which tackle he did it on, but just toughness by Tohu there. And, and obviously, as you said, Egan out for the season too. So their forwards, their, uh, Matt Lodge and Fanua Blake, were forced to play, I think, 80 minutes and 76 minutes last week. So they'll probably be um, a bit tired this week. They might get a, a few more minutes on the pine, depending on how this game goes. Um, yeah, South South have lost AJ, the, the winger there. Um, but yeah, I mean, th- this round, as you mentioned, has a lot of short price favourites. So our tips probably reflect, you know, pretty boring, similar uh, outcome here. Obviously, tip South for this one. Yeah, I'll be with you on that one, uh, South, to win this one. Uh, as I said, 17 and a half line. You probably can't tempt me either way. It's pretty much... Uh, where I would expect, um, and uh, interesting to see though, Adam Fanua Blake, the man you talked about before, the reformed bad boy, is the captain this week for the Warriors. So uh, well done to him. Uh, he's made the most of his move over the ditch and uh, with a few injuries has now taken the, captain, the captain's armband, so to speak. So well done to Adam. Speaking of Adam Fanua Blake, the next game up, it is the sixth place Manly Seagulls versus the 12th place West Tigers. And uh, just to go off the topic for a minute, mate, I don't know if you caught it the other night, but that new documentary about the West Tigers. It is long overdue a uh, rugby league uh, behind-the-scenes documentary, and I hope that a number of other clubs follow it. Yeah, it's in a similar vein to um, what the NFL does with Hard Knocks. Obviously, that's a, a pre-season-only sort of um, documentary, their series, where they follow the teams through the pre-season, you know, the training, the, the trials, the cutting, and anything behind the scenes there. So it's great to see the rugby league world get on onto some of that, and it provides even more inside access to fans that, you know, love to see the passion and the motivation that, goes into every NRL club, no matter how ordinary they might be perceived by fans. You know, it still means a lot to the staff, to the to um, you know, the fans of that club and also the players. So, yeah, it was great watching. Um, yeah, like you said, hopefully more clubs um, put their hand up for it. And especially Melbourne, you'd love to see Bellamy in that sort of situation. And I'd love to see the bloke that has to do the uh, the window wiping after all the sprays. But I know the Knights did um, they did a, did a few videos around that sort of topic, not uh, a TV show, but just some behind the scenes stuff uh, earlier in the year, which was really good. So if they can expand yeah. on that, that'd be great. But uh, as for this game, it's hard when uh, your ins list includes Tom Trebojevic, Drake Jake Trebojevic, and Daly Cherry Evans to uh, do anything other than tip the Manly Seagulls. Uh, they play at their Home away from home. They tend to give up a game every year up to Suncorp Stadium, and they're up there again this year. Uh, but now, by the force of COVID, and they're $1.15 favourites with the Tigers, five fifty. The line is 18.5. So, uh, interestingly enough, all three games on Saturday night, the favourites all $1.15. So, that's just a, a little statistical anomaly for us, uh, us numbers nerds that uh, are running this show. Uh, but, mate, uh, can you see anything about the Tigers that can entice you into either taking the five fifty or the 18.5 start? Um, no, nah, nothing that would entice me to either, mate. But I will note, as we mentioned on this podcast before, Adam Dewey at six is just so much better than the centres or anywhere else, mate. And they put him back again. And I think, what did he get last week? Like five try assists. And he's just lethal there, mate. He's running game. He's got a decent pass on him. He's pretty good vision for someone his age. So he's just a dual threat, mate. So he'll be the one that causes manly issues maybe uh, on that edge there, I think, down the right side. So... They get a few points that way, and um, big Stefano. I can never say his name. What's Camano? 
Otakamano, yeah, Ryan, Stefano Otakamano. Why, why do I keep forgetting it? He, um, he, he's growing each week. We can obviously see why Freddie put him in the uh, the Blues extended squad for for Origin, and um, you know, he's got the starting spot now that's pushed um Alex Twelve to the bench in a bit of an impact role. So I don't mind that rotation. I think when uh, Twelve comes on for either him or Thomas McKayley at lock, I think that that works well for them. And obviously got Big Luciano on the edge who's um still killing it. So. They can definitely score points, the Tigers. It's just whether they turn up each week mentally. And, you know, if they get down early against a team that has Cherry Evans and Turbo, Tom in there, I just don't see them coming back, mate. So, yeah, the line is enticing, but I won't be putting any money on it. It's too hard to call. No, if I'm looking for some value, it's two of those names that you just talked about uh, in uh, Dewey or uh, Luciano Leilua for an anytime try score of 450 and $5 respectively. So, um, you can have a little hedge bet on the two of them if you are a Tigers fan or you just want an emotional hedge or some interest in that one. The final game of Saturday night sees uh, one of the premiership favourites in the Penrith Panthers taking on one of the battlers of this season, the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, it is second versus 15th. Again, polar opposites of the table. And again, it's $1.15. This time the line's out to 19 and a half. Uh, the... Panthers welcome back in Jerome Luai, a big in for them. Uh, they also have Paul Momorowski in their extended squad. Uh, while for the Broncos, it's um, yeah, not not, uh, not nothing that's going to uh, be earth shattering or, or break down your door to uh, go and take some of that five fifty in terms of a few numbers into their extended squad. The likes of Xavier Coates on the extended bench. Yeah, I wouldn't say so, mate. I noticed um, Appy Corrissau is also um, starting at hooker this week. He was benched last week, a bit of a rest. Uh, with Mitch Kenny starting, so Penrith get a little stronger through the ruck there to start the game. And, you know, I won't say they did it easy last week against the Warriors because the Warriors really put up a really good fight there. But with the amount of players they lost, Penrith, you know, didn't really have to get out of first gear for too long in the match. Um, they did look a little disjointed, but that was to be expected without Luai or Cleary. So getting Luai back here is obviously enough for me to tip him and, and take the line as well. Yeah, certainly, mate. I would, um, yeah, I'll be taking them head to head, and and if I ha- if I had to be pushed either side on the line, I would certainly be looking at the minus, uh, mate. Uh, I just want to question whether or not you've got uh, any interest in taking some Stephen Crichton any time try scorer this week. You would pick that up. <laughs> <laughs> you would be you would bring that up, mate. Yeah, anyone that's on my Instagram, a couple of the players probably saw it too, mate. They, I got a twenty dollar bonus bet. I had um. As I mentioned, Manu to score any time, and Ikuvalu double, which he got on the siren, and a month to any time. So I just knew he'd rip us apart. And all I needed, all I needed for twelve hundred bucks or twenty dollars was a Crichton any time. Delivered a brilliant try assist to Staines, which I thought he was going to go close. But that side, as you noticed, mate, they didn't get much ball because um, obviously you know with the disjointed half pairing there, so it was probably stupid on my part. I was going to go kick out instead, and when he got that double, I nearly threw my phone through the window. So. <laughs> yeah. Mate, but at the end of the day, look, you can't get angry or mad about a $20 bonus bet and you can't get angry about betting anyway because, as they say, gamble responsibly is your own fault if you lose. So, whatever, mate. <laughs> yeah, exactly, mate. I couldn't just help poking the bear. But, you know, look, at the end of the day, if we went through all my losing tickets and that's just in the last 24 hours and uh, it, it exceeded <laughs> that. So, although I did back the Aussies in the cricket this morning, so happy days on that. Uh, let's move on to the Sunday games, mate, and wrap this up so you can get out of here. Uh, the Sunday early game, 1.50 p.m., the new time slot they're, they're persevering with. Uh, again, the doubleheader this time at Seabus Super Stadium. It is the Dragons, the away, the home side away from home, taking on the Gold Coast Titans, the away side at home. Uh, the Titans in 11th place, the Dragons in 7th. The Titans, $1.60 favourites. 
Uh, the Dragons, 235. Uh, the Dragons obviously seeing a lot of their players out, including uh, Dufty Pereira, Ellis, and Phil Yamano, um, due to some of those suspensions. They do bring back in Corey Norman and Braden Villiarmi. Um, as you said before, the Titans have lost Jamal Fogarty, Philip Sami out as well. Um, and uh, Greg Marsu comes onto the wing and Jaden Campbell into the extended squad. I think you've um, you've got your Dragons suspensions round the other way, mate. That was um, last week's team. Oh, if you run it is, it is too. Got... I've gone the wrong way around. It's yeah. Not, yeah, I've gone outs for ins <laughs> and ins for outs. Can't keep up with the old uh, COVID suspensions. The revolving door of the Dragons. Um, yeah, we'll just run through for the listeners. Obviously, Dusty does come back. Pereira on the wing. Um, interesting tennis combination here with Beale and Ramsey. Um, but I am really excited to see Jaden Sullivan at six for them, partnering Ben Hunt. Obviously, Norman's out this way with suspension. So this is the game. This is the upset I'm taking with odds-wise. I'm going to tip the Dragons. Obviously, they've been my bogey team most of the season. Um, but, yeah, the Titans just didn't do anything for me last week. Really frustrating to watch. And they lose um, Fogarty in the half. I don't know too much about to- Toby Sexton, but he won't be the same player as Fogarty. I'm not a huge fan of Ash Taylor being the dominant half, which I presume he will be. Um, I expect a bit of a bounce back. I think Fafita will have a good game here, but I, I'm going to go head-to-head and I'm going to take the Dragons. I think Duffy's going to have a big game. Um, I don't mind the look of their forward pack. Dynamic, Jack Bird in the second row. Josh Maguire to start the match. You've got DeBellin off the bench and also Tanua Brown from the Warriors. So, um, <clears throat> Sorry, excuse me. Yeah, I'll be tipping the Dragons. Yeah, it's an interesting one for me. I wouldn't be surprised to see maybe a late change just with those halves. Again, I haven't seen a lot of sex, and they did extend him recently, but they've got both Tanner Boyd and Jaden Campbell in the extended reserves, and um, I liked what I saw from Jaden Campbell, and I, I would have thought they might have uh, even uh, shifted AJ into the halves, or uh, again, as I said, Definitely, Tanner yeah. Boyd's been serviceable in there as well, but it, it is a danger Simon Ash Taylor, you know, a man who they wouldn't even re-sign at $300,000, uh, according to the press at the moment is their lead half, so... Uh, Would you yeah. put Peachy, Peachy at six, mate, on the bench, maybe? Yeah, quite possibly. Um, I think there'll be a lot more um, responsibility put on the likes of um, their edge forwards and, you know, the Fafitas and stuff, and the problem with that means that David Fafita, as we know, can more than overplay his hand, so um, if the Titans win, I think they'll do it convincingly, but if they uh, if they can't get a hold of this game and can't settle into a rhythm early, then, yeah, the Dragons will be strong. But, uh, I think that's exactly right, mate. It's going to go one of two ways. The Titans will run away with it and make me look like a fool, or the Dragons will get him in a close match. Yeah, I think the value, as you said, it's one of those games, as we've talked about with the Dragons and a couple other sides recently, at $2.35, you know, it's almost a toss of the coin game. Um, yes, the Dragons are away from home and the Titans are away at home, but, yeah, the value there for me would be the Dragons. So let's wrap it up, and it is the Bulldogs taking on the Sharks. Somehow the Sharks, a bit like the Dragons, it's... Um, it's such a logjam there in the middle of the table. They're still sitting in the top eight, even after some uh, some questionable results in, in recent times. But uh, they welcome back a few names into their extended squad, including Andrew Fafita, uh, Billy Magulius, uh, Aiden Tolman is out of action. While uh, for the uh, the Bulldogs, Lachlan Lewis avoids suspension for making one tackle for the season, even though it wasn't during the game. Uh, Jeremy Marshall King back in, starting at nine, and uh, Joe Stimson onto the bench. So... I don't actually mind, and we talk value. If I'm going to pick an upset this week, the Sharks have not impressed me recently. The Bulldogs, you don't know what you're going to get, but if we get one of their gritty performances uh, and can drag the Sharks into an arm wrestle here, this might be a chance for them to pick up two points. Yeah, definitely, mate. I think Sione Katoa is unlucky to be pushed out of the 17 entirely after filling in pretty well at hooker. They were really good last week, the Dogs. Oh, not really good, but I mean, they pushed the Rabbitohs. Obviously, the Rabbits didn't cover that line, and 
and the Sharks this week. They miss um, Aiden Tolman, which pushes Rudolph to eight. And also, I've noticed in the last couple of weeks, they've pushed Britain Nakora, who obviously represented New Zealand. He's an international back to the bench. He's fallen out of favour there for um, Talakai, who used to be an impact player, now starting on the edge, and Teague Wilson on the other one for Wade Graham, who's still out. So, as you mentioned, um, some value to be had here. Uh, what's the line? Sorry, did you have it in front of you? Yeah, so the line's 11 and a half. Uh, definitely, definitely if, if, it, if it rounds out to 12, I think two converted tries is big value. But I, I, I'm yeah, interested yeah. in having a little piece just of the 375 head-to-head even at the moment. Yeah, I might, I might multi that up with any time try score from the dogs. Um, maybe, maybe Locke and Lewis to, to, to make up for his brain snap last week. But, um, yeah, no, I'm not sure yet. I think I'll tip the Sharks head-to-head. Obviously, the last game of the round, I might change my tip on the day or something. This, this could go either way, this game. But that line, for me, is definitely value. Yeah, certainly. And, uh, mate, I'm always one. I, I love the uh, the coach grudge matches. Uh, uh, Josh Hannay, obviously, uh, last week. Uh, Ricky Stewart was the man that re- relegated him to park football. And uh, they had that grudge match. But uh, uh, Josh Hannay and... Um, Trent Barrett, both former Sharks, so no love lost between the two. Both of them would like to have bragging rights here. So um, Trent, obviously, against the club that he finished his, his career at. And look, the Bulldogs will just take two points if they can get them. So I, I, I fancy them getting another win or two on the way home. And, and I think this one's certainly a game that they've probably got circled as, as a winnable one. And uh, they're going to play the role of spoilers on the, on the way home if they can. Yeah, definitely, mate. I, I, I forget Barrett was at the Sharks. Obviously, I don't forget fully, but you just think of him in the Red V. So, good, good, sorry, the memory lane there from you there. Yeah, I think a couple of seasons there in the end of the end of the noughties, if you will, 2009, 2010, that he finished up there. But, yeah, as you say, the uh, the Steelers and the Dragons was more what he was known for, and even the, uh, the Red and White of Wigan as well. So, um, it was a change of colours for him. But, uh, well, that wraps us up for the NRL, mate. A big thank you to you for your time. Again, pulling apart not only the NRL, but the stats uh, that we kicked off the show with. Um, and again, these segments uh, where we have you on brought to us by our great mate Johnny at Smart Artist, who just uh, does the absolute best when it comes to sports and event photography and promotion. So check out Smart Artist on Facebook if you haven't already seen their work on our page and get them involved in your local events, mate. Uh, we will give you a an early mark, mate. Uh, let you go and get prepped up for your trivia, and uh, I'm sure I'll chat to you in the in the uh, across the weekend. I'll get it out eventually, and uh, the listeners will get to hear your dulcet tones again in seven days' time. Yeah, sounds great. Thanks very much, Chris. And yeah, it's a great weekend of local footy here, especially in first grade. I think all three matches will be competitive. I'm sure you've run through it with the other um, uh, participants this week on the podcast. So yeah, the viewers will and listeners will love to to watch that over the weekend. So. Yeah, have a good week, everyone. Have a good weekend, and um, catch you guys next week. A big thanks to my co-host there, Josh Spiegelman, pulling apart all of the NRL, as always. He uh, adds some real insight and intelligence to my otherwise uh, somewhat uh, benign and uh, repetitive conversation about how wonderful I think the Raiders are and, and uh, cheering them on. But also a big thanks to our other guests today. Uh, a really good sit-down with uh, Peter Cronin uh, from the Curry Curry Bulldogs and uh, great to see his optimism towards the future of the club there and uh, you know what they're aiming for in terms of the remainder of the season with finals beyond their grasp. Uh, uh, it's great to see that they're still looking at the positives and, and what they can focus on starting with this weekend's Bar TV to his new match of the round against... Uh, Lakes United, that'll be an absolute bumper, those two clubs. Uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a, an unspoken rivalry, and uh, certainly with eighth spot on the ladder on the line and bragging rights, they'll be up. 
for that one. Uh, also, speaking of Lakes United, we were joined by Jaden Potts and uh, Jimmy Newburn of the uh, open grade, D grade competition side from the Newcastle and Hunter Community Rugby League. And as they said, they'll undoubtedly be looking forward to a charge to the finals and continuing to fly that Lakes United Seagulls flag in the seniors deep into the finals alongside a couple of their lower grade sides as well. And, uh, of course, as I said, Josh Spiegelman, always uh, great to have Josh on as our co-host. He and all of the show is brought to you by Smart Artist. Uh, make sure to uh, check out their stuff on Facebook. They are just Smart Artist on Facebook. Uh, they are the go-to for all your sports and events, promotions and photography, and uh, Johnny's work speak for itself. So check it out. Um, and without him, a lot of what we do on the show wouldn't be possible, especially those prizes that we've got up for the end of the season. Uh, and as I said in the intro and uh, speaking with Josh, make sure to get in your nominations for the local Legend of League uh, that is coming up. Uh, we'll have a post up in the coming days or in the meantime, feel free to reach out to the show and let us know those players who started their careers playing senior footy in the local competitions and then went on to play in the top tier competitions, whether that is the NRL or the Super League uh, in uh, over in England. So, again, a big thank you to all our guests. A big thank you to you all for listening in. And uh, we look forward to uh, either catching you around the traps at the footy this weekend or catching back up with you to chat local rugby league in seven days' time. We go to King. King will barge over. Will he get it down? Yes, he does. There's the premiership. Wilson. Runs to the line, he's got Buxton with him, it's been put on the toe. It's gonna to be to try. Joy Jobson's got the try. Window get their second. You're listening to Lee Newcastle, Newcastle Hunters, Hunters Rugby League.